Good morning, Faith Fellowship. If you have your Bible with you, be turning to uh, Acts chapter 12. You know that we have uh, been here for some time, and uh, we will be uh, for a little bit, just because uh, there's obviously things that we've got to get out of here that uh, the Lord is, is laying on my heart, but I think it's important just for where we are and what it is that we're going through. As I've been saying to you, um, you know, the last two weeks or three weeks since I had mentioned that we have an enemy, that now it seems like things just ramped up in some of you all's lives. And there's a lot of things that are going on that did not perhaps maybe make the prayer list, but you know of and different relationships that you have in this class or in this church or, or even in your own life. And so I'm begging you to be on guard, okay? I'm begging you to be just seeking the Lord, going to your knees. The Lord is allowing this in your life and the lives of your friends and family on purpose, okay? And so let's let the judo champion, the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> parry this thing and make it good for you, okay? Make it good for those around us. And so with that, uh, let me pray and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much just for today. Lord, it is beautiful outside. And uh, just, just a great reminder of your goodness. And um, Lord, I just pray, would you just be with me, be with us? Lord, we wanna get in your word. We need to be encouraged by it. We need to be led by it. Lord, we wanna maybe just fall in love with it again. And so Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would have free reign and free course to just move throughout this place. Lord, be with all of the teachers that are gonna be teaching your word today. Lord, we pray that decisions are made uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that people are making decisions in the discipleship. Lord, we wanna just give you praise and thank you for those that have completed discipleship, those that are well on their way in this class and throughout the other fellowships. Lord, uh, how humbling it is that you're using us to further your kingdom. And so, uh, Lord, I pray that those that maybe are watching at a distance would, would see that they are uh, getting an invite from you to be a part of discipleship, and that those that have completed, Lord, that they would have a burning heart uh, to be a part of what it is that you're doing. And so, Lord, guide us, direct us, Lord, help us to establish churches um, that are healthy. Um, and so the only way we're going to do that is, Lord, we got to know what your word says. And so, Lord, be with me, remove me. Um, I want to sit and listen as well and uh, be at your feet. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so last week, remember, we were titled The High Stakes of Having a Kingdom Focus. Because the thing is, you have to understand, if you're going to have a kingdom focus, whether it's this day and age or the time in which Paul and Peter and James and John lived, any of those times and anything in between and anything after for sure will be high stakes until it is that the Lord comes and gets his bride from off this planet. I mean, it's just going to be like that. We're going to have challenges. Okay. And so we have to know that. Remember our points last week were just to look at the enemy devises, he destroys, he detains and he divides. And we saw that and just how he's using Agrippa. I mean, it's, it's things have ramped up. It's become more annoying for us to be able to see this gospel move forward. Oh, wait a minute. I said us. Oh, yeah. 
our time like their time, similar times. And so that's why I'm saying it's appropriate that we're looking at this in the time period that we're in. Because guys, it may be that there is more opposition coming to us in terms of how we minister, going out to share the gospel, having Bible studies in our neighborhood. People are very much more open and vocal about their uh, disagreement with our viewpoint, as they would say, right? And so what do, we, what do we have to do? Well, our text is going to be from 5 through 11, and now what we're going to be looking at solely is just that Peter is free from jail by an angel. Remember, we had mentioned before there are two that have suffered persecution. We have James, our first apostle, that is martyred. Those of you may remember that someone has been killed, that was Stephen, but he wasn't an apostle, he was a deacon. So now this is important, that the Lord has allowed one of his very key pillars, as Paul would have called him, to be killed. And one is in jail. And this could cause the church to tremble. These guys are leading. There's only one that we haven't heard mentioned that, is, that isn't running for his life. I think there's something to that. We'll kind of talk about that a little bit, but let's get the text. Let's look, look at it and read it. And then that way we'll dive in. It says here in chapter 12, verse five, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. So now you have four guards, the two that are with him. He's taking a nap and they're, they're chained to him. And then there's two that would be outside the doors, so to speak. Okay, just so you, in your head, you kind of got it. All right, and then it says in verse seven, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and smote Peter on the side, and raised him up saying, arise up quickly. And his chains fell uh, off from his hands. And the angel said to him, gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but that he saw a vision. So here it is, and he's wrestling like, I, what? <laughs> I like that he's doing it, but he's probably, you know, he's kind of like, man. Because remember, it wasn't that long ago, he was in a trance and he got a message in a trance. So I, it's not that hard to think that, well, I'm in the same situation. The Lord is sending me a message visually. This is not real. It is real, Peter, get up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so verse 10, when they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth them to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, I love this. Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And so we have, that's our context, that Peter is free from jail by an angel. Historically, what you're looking at, just in terms of, because in Acts, it's always important to revisit the history of where you are. The thing is, is that this is still after Christ's ascension. This is still after Paul's conversion, but it's before Paul starts his ministry. Uh, directly to the Gentiles. So he hasn't gone on his missionary trips. So what does that tell you? There's still some transition here. Now you can see that there is by James's death and Peter's imprisonment. And yes, we know that he's gonna be freed, 
but there is a shift transitionally that is happening in terms of focus. And the Lord has divided this book, and remember, I said in two halves, two focuses, kingdom focuses that are that are at play. So for the Jews, obviously, they want to see Jesus sitting on the throne, and for us, well, we do too, right? But there is this expansion of the kingdom by sharing the gospel, and so now the disciples. They understand that because of even what happened between Peter and Cornelius, we can see there's a shift. The Gentiles are starting to come in. So you're still looking at transition just even as you process what you see taking place here. And so now if we go to just in terms of things, I think is clearly on display is God's sovereignty. See, this is the thing that we have to understand about this right now in your minds you may be wondering why it is that the Lord allows certain things to take place in your life and not in somebody else's. I can think of a situation for me that when Serena and I, uh, before we got married, this is like one of these key uh, stories that we will tell if you ever at our house. Man, that, that makes us sound like some old griots or something. I'm sorry. <laughs> but this, <laughs> right, Serena said you are. Uh, <laughs> so I, one of the things was, is I was in a car accident. I was actually with Tom Miles, Sam's brother, and very country of him. He was trading in his guitar for an 81 Pontiac Firebird, of course. And so we go down. That's how I saw the property, the Miles Farm, beautiful place, real nice. And we're coming back home. And I'm trying to keep up with this Pontiac. He's not going that fast. At least I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't want to tell myself. I don't know. But anyway, my Jeep, I'm in a Jeep, which has a higher center of gravity. And where there's a turn, I remember it like clear as day. I make this turn and my back wheels hit gravel and my truck barrel rolls over and then end over rolls. And I'm probably, I don't know, 10 feet from a light pole. So I can hear this, uh, you know, Smokey and the Bandit back up. That's what kind of firebird it was. Sweet, it's black with the chicken on the top. And uh, he backed it up, and then I could hear him screaming from the top. He thought I was dead. I hadn't been killed, no seatbelt on. My spare was loose, and it was a full spare. I mean, if anything had hit me in the head, I'd be dead, right? And so he comes down, he sees me. I just have a scratch on my head, and I tell him the first thing I said to him was, I don't have to make the payments anymore. <laughs> And he belted out laughing in relief because I could see he was, I mean, he was trembling in fear. Okay, so that's my story. Literally, maybe a month later, there was a guy that I was working with, same scenario, thrown from his vehicle, punctured lung, um, broken, let's see, I think broke his back. I mean, when I went to see him in the hospital, I was trembling because I'm like, this same thing, because I kind of have this stunt man kind of <laughs> feeling about my deal, but I'm watching this guy like is hanging on. Why does God do that? Well, because he's God and he gets to choose. And I don't have a better answer for you than that. The one thing about James that we can understand in terms of where it is with James and Peter is he has finished his course. And so the Lord, his father is saying, okay, James, come home. And he's not done with Peter. And so that's why Peter gets this miraculous thing that we get to read about. And we're going to try to study here with the time that we have. 
But guys, I'm telling you, this is a detail that you have to become okay with. If you wrestle with God's sovereignty, man, the devil will trip you up all the time. So it's not just good enough to know you have an enemy and even know his devices. If you have even just a shred or a little crumb that you hold against God because he makes choices as he sees fit, devil's going to get you. You may be in trouble. And so let's look at it. Verse 5. It says again, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. See, the one thing that the, the, we have to understand is the Lord will allow our faith to be tried. And in Luke 22, 31 through 34, uh, through 34, is this great conversation that Jesus is having, of course, with our dear Peter. And he says, and the Lord says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had the desire to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And in that sift, the thing is this, you have got to get down. This is not only to try his faith, but to overthrow it. It's to overthrow it. So the things that Peter has going on in his life, guys, are, are for the intention that he would be done. Because why? He is a threat. Praise the Lord. Listen. All of us that have called on the name of Jesus Christ, all of us are threats. But here's the thing. When we faint and tremble and we don't trust God's sovereignty, then we render ourselves useless for the kingdom. And that's not the case with the Holy Spirit that we have in us. Right? See, he goes on to say in verse 32 of Luke 22, verse 32, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art uh, converted, strengthen thy brethren. And in verse 33, he says, this is, man, listen to this. In verse 33, he said, and he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And we know that that happened. <laughs> and I want to just mention to you, that he would be given the opportunity to have to go to jail and suffer for Christ's sake. We saw that obviously in Acts 4 and it won't go there. And then right here in Acts 12. But let me just bring to mind some of the other ways that he was sifted and tried. Because I'm not sure there is a character in the Bible that has more um, examples of his mistakes than Peter. We all can go back to David's. It's like one. It's epic, but not like Peter. This guy constantly puts his foot in his mouth. <laughs> He's hasty. He does things. And yet this guy is a pillar. Paul said, pillar of the faith. Boy, I'm, I'm comforted by that. There is a chance for me. Praise the Lord. I got a shot. <laughs> Listen, here's one of them. And Matt... Matthew 14, 27 through 31, you know the story. This is when he goes out and walks on water. And one of the things I just want to mention to you in verse 30, it says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said to him, oh, thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And then in Matthew 16, 21 through 23, 
this is when now it is that uh, <laughs> he's getting this, you know, this rebuke. It says here, from that time forth, beginning Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and scribes and be killed. And then Peter takes him. Now, boy, Peter, boy, brother, why you put your hands on the Lord? Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, that this shall not be unto thee. In verse 23, foot and mouth. But he turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense to me. Why? For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So you think about Peter. If he was going to embrace the fear that caused him to sink in the water, that is a thing of men, not a thing of God. Of course we feel fear. But the Lord has not given you the spirit of that. So you can't just dwell in that space. See, here's the key thing. It's honest to say that you are scared, but don't expect Jesus to let you stay there. You cannot just stay in a place of fear. You are the Lord's. If you stay in a place of fear, it will render you useless. Do not be handcuffed by your fears. I'm telling you, you take that spirit of power that the Lord has given you. See, if you fear him, then your fear card is full. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Another example of Peter having an issue show, we know Matthew 26 and 73. Peter remembered the word of Jesus and said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Boy, that's, it's tough when somebody tells you what you're going to do and then you do it and you remember. But why does the Bible keep putting this guy out there like that? Because the thing that I think that we need to understand about Peter is that, man, he understands when he's wrong. He doesn't just go and hide. You know what some of us do sometimes when we mess up, we will just fade into the darkness. That means that your righteousness was your righteousness, not the Lord's righteousness. You didn't earn a spot. You don't deserve a spot. You were given that. So find your peace in that. Just keep going. So what? You blew it. Ask for forgiveness and come to church. Go to Bible study. Show up in discipleship. Attend LFBI. I'm telling you, the minute you think that whatever you've done has now disqualified you from attendance, that's foolishness. The only thing waiting for you in the dark is the enemy. And he's got like, you know, in a few good men, he's got a sock with some soap in it. He's going to wear you out. <laughs> I, man, I'm just, I just think it's something that you got you to gotta understand something. See, I want you to understand this. Peter was moving forward in faith, and he was maturing. And so what is happening to him right now is not a surprise. Guys, I want to I want to submit this to you. I think he expected it. There's an expectation here, and I got a formula that I want you to get down. Because I want you to try and put this into play the rest of the year, the rest of your life. God's calling plus willingness plus obedience equals fruitfulness.
I'll say it again. God's calling plus willingness plus obedience equals fruitfulness. That is what we have seen in Peter's life. He told the Lord up front, I'm willing. The Lord gave him opportunity to do that despite his missteps and mistakes. And then he obeyed. And what did that make him? Fruitful. Guys, that's the formula. You want to know how to be fruitful in this time? That's how we got to do it. I'm telling you. Something else of note in this, in this verse, you know, when it says that he was kept in prison, and now we understand. It's an expectation. He knew it. Hey, whatever. That's why I'm about to take a nap. <laughs> whatever happens to me happens. I don't think he's necessarily thinking that this is maybe going to work out. He's just like, whatever. If it's my time, it's my time. Man, do we have that kind of steel mind? Boy, sometimes a little sign of trouble. We're like, ooh, I don't, I don't want to do it. You know, it's like, <laughs> you mean I have Bible study and discipleship in the same week? I'm not doing that. Nope. <laughs> too many things. I was already at church. You're asking too much. Can't watch WandaVision in between all of that. <laughs> it's a great show, bro. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and so. Here's something else, okay, listen. Prayer was made without ceasing. And in Luke 18, 1, it reminds us something very important. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not do what? And not faint. See, I love that we can understand. Do you think that this church is praying for James when he got killed? Absolutely. Oh, that didn't stop him, though. See, this is the thing sometimes, oh, we got conditions on our prayer. If I will continue to pray as long as it works out the way I prayed. No, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. So now I got to show back up for prayer because my brother's in jail and I love him. And I don't want him in there. They're not going to treat him like we are. Ain't nobody hugging him. They got him chained up. Don't faint, Christian. Don't faint. See, there's a collective agreement, comfort, and dependence when we pray together. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored and all the members rejoice with it. It's nothing about credit, but to see Cheryl sitting here, man, I prayed. To see Dorinda sitting here, I prayed. I get to rejoice from them being here. That's why I want to be a part of these prayers. That's why I want to come on Tuesday night. Man, we were a part of the whole narrative for Mark Trotter's life. And because Pops took his son home, man, we can be grateful and say the Lord answered our prayers according to his will. And we were a part of it the whole way. Man, you ought to rejoice in that. You get to be a part of something huge, bigger than you. See, we are commanded to pray continually because why? It makes us watchful, hopeful, patient, and thankful. And I left those scripture references. Look them up. You need a pocket buddy this morning. I'm going to tell you about a pocket buddy. Pocket buddies are things that you will put in your pocket when you need to revisit it throughout the day because they help to remind you of what it is 
or why you got it in your pocket. I think these verses, Luke 21, 36, Romans 12, 12, Colossians 4, 2, that's a buddy you need in your pocket because you need to be reminded why it's important to pray. And then I want you to stop forgetting to pray husbands and wives for each other. You guys are the worst at praying for each other because you kind of like being mad at them. It's hard to do that when you are lifting them up. <laughs> Listen, that boss that's giving you the business, lift them up. Coworkers acting crazy, making more work for you, lift them up. Neighbors that just ignore you, say crazy stuff to you, and you trying to invite them to Bible study, just rude with it. I mean, they can't just say no regular. It's, it's got to, we got to be extra, celebrate for no. And you know, you want to choke them in Jesus' name. I get it. <laughs> but if you do that, they don't, they meet Jesus the wrong way. They end up in the short line at the DMV. <laughs> and so, you know, we don't want that. <laughs> okay. You need a pocket buddy. You need a pocket buddy. The other thing in that verse, it says, unto God for him, make sure that you understand when you are making your prayers, you are talking to the creator of everything. Make sure you understand who you're doing it for. You need to pray for yourself. You need to pray for your family. There's a lot of people that God has saved you, and you might be the only one. And those people, those lost people that get on your nerves, why not be brokenhearted rather instead and lift them up? So my, my question for you this morning is, do you trust the Lord's decisions for your life? See, the trying of our faith should be an expected thing as a takeaway, and then prayer aligns our heart with God. And I want you to just, just think about it. The various things that are happening as the Lord makes choices in your life and where he's put you and all that, are you okay with that? Don't wrestle with that sovereignty now. Let him be. You mold. You be pliable to his will for your life. Verse 6. <laughs> Verse 6. <laughs> no, we're good. I got time. Shavanti, we got an appointment. <laughs> Verse 6, it says, And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And the thing that's kind of interesting is, and even Herod would have brought him forth. Listen, the plan and agenda for Herod's heart is to kill him. And before that, we got this. That's why this is called the great escape. The Lord knows the timing. Now, I like Steve McQueen, too, and that's immediately what I thought. And so <laughs> those of you, some of you know, Mr. Steve McQueen, you should watch a great movie. Square away three hours, though, <laughs> when you do. In Psalm 4, 8, it says this. I will both listen to this. So beautiful. What is our Peter doing? He's chained up. He's asleep, right? Listen to this. Psalm 4, 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Guys, listen, there ain't, a, there ain't a single thing that's happening in your life you should be losing sleep over. If you're going to lose sleep over something, why don't it be the lost around you? If I'm going to lose sleep over something, it should be like that. But it should never be anything related to me 
because somebody's got me. I'm good. I can be at peace. I don't have to have the answer because he does. Hebrews 13, 6 says, and reminder, another pocket, buddy. So that they, we, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Listen, whatever Herod's agenda is, whatever those soldiers' agenda is, it's no concern for Peter. I'm going to take a nap. And maybe he was naked. This dude likes being naked. He is always, put your clothes on, bro. What's wrong with you? He's one of them dudes. Can't take nowhere. Where's your shirt? Of course, Peter, the naked one. <laughs> Don't bring your naked friend with you. you know, that's like, <laughs> oh, Peter. <laughs> now, he was bound with two chains. And now, guys, we got, we got to spend a little time right here. Ephesians 6.20. Paul says, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that there and I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Listen now, listen, get this down, write it down. Imprisonments, suffering, trial should not change what I communicate. Neither suffering, imprisonment, trial, I said it in a different order last time, just go with me. <laughs> Shouldn't change what I communicate. Peter, even in his sleep mode, is sending a message. Well, I'll bet them soldiers are probably thinking, what is this guy's sleep? Is he sleep for real sleep? Don't he know what we did to James? Yes, he knows what happened to James. And I'm gonna still take this nap, naked, because I don't care. <laughs> I'm good. Man, there is something so incredible about that, of just thinking about what's at stake in the enemy that is making an assault and this guy is asleep. Man, he trusts the Lord's help. 2 Timothy 2.9, it says something else about being bound. So yes, he is bound with chains. And yes, even though he is in this tight situation, he understands that there's something I still need to communicate. So I'm going to take this nap and let my silence be golden. But now don't forget this either. The word of God is never bound. Wherein I suffer trouble, 2 Timothy 2, 9, as an evildoer and even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Man, listen. It doesn't matter if you ended up, like I said about India, whatever happened, being even contained. It's funny. They stopped us and somebody else just stepped up and did the same thing we did. <laughs> You're not stopping nothing. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of God we serve. He brought me all the way over there to set me in that little SUV for a day to let somebody else speak and have to grow up and mature in a matter of minutes. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I was a part of that. And remember, it didn't, it didn't end up that bad. I mean, I haven't tried to fly back over. That may be different when I get to the airport, but we'll just pray, right? We'll just pray. And so now, I want you to also take in mind, you need to remember those that are bound. Because even though the word of God is not bound, there may be those that are. And we understand, just like I said about Christodos, guys, that is huge. But one of the things that we recognize from that trip, because that was the first trip that they had that much trouble, is he understands he's got to hide himself in the community in order to be able to operate. The more exposure that he gets, 
to the government, the more harm they will try to inflict on him. And so, listen, you got to remember something. Hebrews 13, 3, remember them that are in bonds and bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Guys, you cannot just let our Americanness, like it's its own island, make us forget the saints that are, on, that are in other places where that is not the case. You ought, man, we should be praising the Lord that we attend a church that mentions missions and goes and prays and supports because it helps us to get the focus off of us. I, man, and for me to see it and go to Malawi and El Salvador and India and these places that I've been, Dominican Republic, I can't forget them. The Lord has made these lasting memories with me. That's why I'm always asking you, go, go see it. You have to see what God is doing on the world stage. It is a beautiful thing, and it helps you to appreciate that. And so I'm telling you, remember them. You need that pocket buddy because you know what's happening right now. This is the time where now self-focus is the key focus. My fears, my safety, my employment, my kids, my whatever, whatever, right? I mean, that's already an American mindset. And guys, I'm not, you know, I like being American, but let's just be honest. That's what it is. We like, you know, it's me, the best for me, right? There's no place for that in God's kingdom, though. We're not building an American kingdom. It's his. Remember them that are in bonds, because for sure they will end up on the shores of this country soon enough. In 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3 and 2 and 13, I like this as a reminder. We are bound to give thanks for God for each other. Something else that I want you to be handcuffed to is an idea that makes sure that you lift each other up. That's why we're in this fellowship. See, I love it. I love being in here and I love being the minister of this class because, man, just watching how you guys interact with each other blesses my heart. I'm telling you, it does. And I know that COVID has been weird and we haven't had a chance to eat together and all of those things, but I'm just telling you, man, it matters. It matters, these relationships. Man, just, just, just let it happen. I, just, I recently told some people that were kind of wrestling with whether or not they were going to be a part and whatnot, and that's going to lead me to sitting in new members class with them next. Um, so I got to follow up, make sure they're still going to go through with it. But uh, if we are, we're going to sit in there. And I told them, I said, just take your shoes off. You at home, you got your bags packed like Boxcar Willie, just ready to jump on the next train as soon as something goes wrong, you out the door. Man, take your shoes off. When you take your shoes, it's a little harder to get ready. In India, there was a lot of that. Well, I was getting sick of this. Just, man, man, I gotta take my shoes off every time. <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, I should have just brought sandals. But you know, I don't like men. That's why they wear sandals every day. <laughs> it's like, Bleh. And so, but I'm just telling you, listen, you take your shoes off, guys. Just be here. If this is your class, be in here. Don't just write it down on something. Little cards that come by that see faith fellowship membership. Like, who is this person? I've not seen them. Man, be in here. If you're going to be at this church, be here. 
Be bound to us. Understand that you have a responsibility. I need you to show up. I need to see your lovely face. Get a hug. Get a smile. And you need to see mine, right? You need to hear what God is laying on my heart. It says in those verses, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. And then in 2.13, he says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. And so, man, with all of these things that we discuss in this and just understanding that there is a message, there is something that the Lord is trying to get across. There is something even that you may be bound up. Here's your question. Do you forget the message when you are pressed? Dan Renault said something I just never forgot. And I've said it to you before, I'll say it again. He says, whatever's in a lemon, when it's squeezed, that's what's gonna come out. And you would think it's lemon juice. Whatever's inside of it is what's going to come out. So sometimes the Lord puts you in a vice on purpose. He knows what's inside you, but you don't know, or you're not at least being honest. And so pressure and then squeeze, <laughs> and it's toxic. And the Lord's like, yes, that's disgusting. Let's get that out. Because there's no place for that here. Your takeaways are these. How you handle adversity will communicate a message. You need to be careful. You need to be mindful. Okay, how do you say it? Does your countenance always wear that you're in defeat? Some of us wear it like a nice jacket, but that's not a nice clothing. I'm not saying you have to lie, but I am saying you just need to be mindful of it. Do you have the love of Christ, the assurance of eternal security, the promise of his return or not? If I do, that should change my expression. I love it. Brother Kenny is the best at it. He is so calculated with the things that he says. If I say, hey, Kenny, how you doing, man? And he will just pause for a second. And I know, and if I know, like, maybe there's something that's going on or, you know, he's just in counsel, whatever he say, God is good, man. And we leave it. I don't pry more and like, okay, no, I want, let's get down to the nitty gritty. No, he said the right thing. God is good. And he will come through in that situation and give him the wisdom he needs to deal with whatever he's dealing with. Do we believe that, though? The other takeaway from this I want you to understand is pray for the body locally and universally because you're not the only one suffering. You have to understand that. You got to know that. Verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side, raised him up saying, arise up quickly. And his chain fell off from his hands. Boy, now this light is very important. I love this man. I mean, the whole thing, I've just been enjoying it, right? But like, get this, okay. This light is sent by God. You're like, of course it is. Ephesians 5, 13. But all things that are approved are made manifest by the light for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Oh, wait a minute. The Lord is trying to send a signal. What's the message, Jesus? Let's keep reading. First John 1, 7 says, as a reminder of the fellowship in the midst of his troubles, this is for Peter. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. 
He is reminding Peter, I'm with you. Even if you thought, even if for a minute there was some failing that was starting to creep in, I'm going to just throw this light down on you just so you know, I got you. I'm with you. He promised the disciples that. He promised us that he would be with us. But do we believe it in the midst of trouble? Sometimes that's when we feel the most distance from the Lord. The Lord is carrying you. God, that man, that light is critical. And it's important for us to be reminded in the midst of things that we have that kind of fellowship. Guys, I want to lean in more to the Lord in trouble. Because I know what my tendency is, is to run and try to seek my own help, try to get my own answers, my own solutions. That's not what the Lord wants me to do. Sometimes the Lord just simply wants to say, I'm going to just put this little bit of light on you just so you know I'm with you. I got you. I love you. You are important to me. God, you're busy. You are important to me. But there's so many other people that have greater needs than mine. You are important to me. The Lord, listen, it doesn't bother the Lord that he has to remind you of that. Because, you know, some of us did not grow up hearing that. Right? But God is always willing to tell you that. And here it is, this beautiful moment he takes to do that by putting that light in. We go on. He says, the angel tells him to rise up quickly. And Peter heard arise back in Acts 10, 20, and eleven seven. Remember, he tells him then, because it's transition, hey, you need to uh, rise up, kill, eat. Right? And now here it is that he's having to arise again. It's not only a command, listen, it's not only a command, but a comfort. Isaiah 60, 61, arise Shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. That rise up is now, it's extending. Not only am I telling you I'm there, and I'm commanding you get up, but as a comfort, okay, this is not the end. We got things we're going to do. Man, how awesome is that? Just for you to be able to know that God still has a plan. Even when the devil devises something, the judo champion shows up, do do you on your back, watch my ponytail. Mm. <laughs> now y'all gonna see Steven Seagal so differently. I don't know if you will, he's pretty lame. Uh, <laughs> but his stuff works. That does work, judo works. Man, guys, listen. Arise, Christian, and shine. Reflect that light. For the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. Man, that is beautiful to me. I love that. And so here it is. There's more yet that we got to get. Okay, now, remember his chains, they fell off. And there's two chains. Remember, I told you, he's chained to the guards. But now you need to know something. God never wants you to be yoked to any other but him. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and with communion hath light, there it is again, with darkness. See, that light was sent by God as a reminder of Peter that I am with you, as I said I would be, and you are yoked to me. 
and I will free you from any that tries to yoke you to them. See, it's never God's heart for you to put handcuffs on that he so desperately died on the cross to rip those handcuffs off of you. And yes, sometimes we try to find them and dig them up out of whatever thing the Lord buried them in. And I want to put these bracelets back. They're not bracelets, they're handcuffs. <laughs> they're shiny, they're not the same. <laughs> and so listen, this is what Jesus said out of his own mouth. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Why? For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. And so listen, here's my question. How's your fellowship with the Lord right now? Listen, I know what the Bible says about the Lord. The love will never be separated, right? You will always be together. That love is always going to be there. But listen, there is a way that you need to respond in the midst of adversity. You are the Lord's. You are his servant. And he's putting you under pressure for a reason. You have to respond biblically, not the way you feel like it. So I'm asking you, how's that fellowship? Are you in tune? Because remember, if I walk in the light, he's in the light. We in the light together. I cannot forget that. I don't get to be hanging around in the darkness and think it's going to work out for me. The Lord is always going to call you into the light. It's very interesting what's happening in that prison there. So listen, get this down. These are your takeaways. Don't let suffering break your fellowship with Jesus. Lean in, not out. Don't let your suffering break your fellowship with Jesus. Listen, this kind of Christianity where you do it your way, the way you want to, whatever's most convenient for you is not Christianity. That's insert your name, Eanity. That's not what we're doing. And the last thing is, listen, you got, Jesus is the only one who can free us. He's the only one. So whatever other things that you try to manufacture to put in the way or some good ideas, some schemes, maybe I'm going to try to pick up grandma's wisdom or my mama and dad and I'm going to ask my friends and all that. Listen, if they have not called on the name of Jesus Christ, if they are not led by the book, they don't know either. They don't know either. You have to trust that. It's important. God is saying something very important by he sent an angel that says, arise up quickly. And he's given the command. The command has to come from above, not eye level. Okay. Nobody knows down here. Even what I say to you, if it's not book, chapter, verse, man, or at least biblical principle, disregard it. I don't want, listen, do not follow me because I have a nice haircut or my shirts are buttoned up. Chris Miller always likes to tease me about that, you know. He's like, you're choking. <laughs> hey, man, don't worry about me and my buttons. <laughs> you just listen to what I say. As long as I'm saying this. And that's why my brother has been with me this, this, this amount of time. And so listen, man, I, of course, there was no way I was going to get through all this, but we're only on verse seven. I will put a break in here, right here, because we got to get done. Shavanti, you got to get out of here. Go get dressed. Yeah, you got to go. <laughs> and then I will see you, and then we'll, we'll chat. Listen, up to this point, what you're seeing is just so 
incredible of what God is doing. And remember the thing that I told you, you have to address how you view God's sovereignty. You got to be okay with it. You got to agree with it. You got to know that it's coming from a good place, the best place. Because remember, he's love and truth. Right? So whatever he decides, we got to be okay with. And you know what that's going to mean? That's going to mean loss for us. Those that, you know, we feel are at the mercy of the world. And, I, and sometimes the Lord will allow these things to happen. And sometimes we will try to get in the way of when the Lord is trying to get other people's attention. Don't do that. I've done that before. Do, do not do that. Do, if the bell is swinging, just duck. Just don't, don't let it happen. I will see you on this side and invite people to come into the things that you are doing. Okay? So now, man, I love you. Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you um, just for today. And Lord, you are sovereign. And Lord, whatever choice that you want to make in any of our lives, here we are, Lord, with our hearts open. We're just saying right now, kind of like Peter, Lord, we... We want to agree with you. And Lord, even if we don't at times, Lord, let today be a new day that we would view you properly. We would view your choices properly, that we would understand that you love us, you are for us, and you mean to fellowship with us, and you will remind us at any turn. So Father, with all of that knowledge about you, Lord, help us to seek you, feel after you, Lord, I pray that this will be a class, this will be a church that cleaves onto your leg like a little kid and that we will find our rest there. Lord, help us to take some of these things to make a pocket buddy. Lord, we need to be reminded, we need to be encouraged because some of the issues and things that we're dealing with seem impossible. Lord, they cause us to tremble. And so, Father, Lord, help us to walk in the light where you are. Lord, we thank you for the strength and power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.